What is going on, brother discussion listeners? Uh, this is Fanboy Dave, and by popular demand, yes, popular demand, we have little Chris with us uh, for another week and um, got some good feedback. Um, and for episode 39, uh, little Chris is going to be with us again. How you doing, little Chris? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for asking. It's Fanboy Dave. You got to get it right, man. Bad, my bad. So before we jump in, I... before we jump into what's going on, a lot's been going on. Uh, you know, not just in the wrestling world, but also, um, little Chris is gonna like this. But Big Brother is coming to the SEC. Yes, uh, little Chris is a <laughs> Texas Aggies fan. You can forgive him. But Big Brother University of Texas is coming in 2024, and they. Uh, showed uh, the schedule for the um, 2024 uh, schedule when Texas goes to the SEC, and they get to play Texas A&M. What are your What are your thoughts, little Chris? Let's get it ready. Uh, it looks like a Thanksgiving game, so um, you know, finally got it back. It'll be probably that Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, is what it kind of looks like. So I'm very excited for that game. Which is kind of funny because the last time Should... they played was in 2011, it was at Kyle Field. And it looked like the Aggies were like, we don't want to play them unless it's at Kyle Field again. So it doesn't matter where it's played. Like Christo Conti said, Texas is going to beat them um, regardless if they're playing in Austin or in College Station. The big question is if Jimbo Fisher will still be there. They got to get through 2023 first. My Aggie's looking bad right now. I do hear you. But speaking about big questions, so um, I'm going to go real quick through last week's SmackDown and get uh, later on the show get into what happened last night on Friday Night SmackDown. But the big question for WWE was where does Jay Uso lie? Is he going to side with his brother or is he going to win bloodline? And Paul Heyman, you know, uh, informed him that, you know, Roman is grooming him to be the next tribal chief when it's ready. And to prove it, uh, the tribal chief got um, Jay Uso a United States title shot. And, um, but Paul Heyman wanted his answer before that. And he's like, OG, thanks a lot for the title shot, but. Let me get back to you on that. And Paul Heyman was not excited about that at all, which was kind of funny. What was your thoughts of Jay playing uh, or toying with Paul Heyman? Uh, great. Push that sucker out. Uh, really, you can see Paul Heyman was getting upset, kind of like getting irked. And uh, it was uh, funny. I liked it. That Paul Heyman just like he didn't know what to say, you know. Yeah, and he wanted that answer like right away, and like as soon as SmackDown started, he was already hounding him for that answer, and he was like, "Nah, I'll get back with you. Yeah. Hold up, something yeah, that was always funny. Very, very funny. So then and we get the answer even after SmackDown, he still didn't give him the answer. <laughs> So we get into uh, that, and then uh, we have a qualifier match because Money in the Bank is the next live premiere event. Yeah, but uh, Santo Escobar, 
fought Mustafa Ali. And that match, I mean, it was pretty decent. Two high flyers. You had the LWO against Mustafa Ali. Uh, but quick match, and your winner was uh, Santabar Escobar, the LWO. And then, I, I mean, one thing that I didn't like, um, so I don't know what to think of this new tag team uh, from SmackDown. Uh, I don't even what Ebba Fire and something winner. I don't remember. I don't even know their names. But I do like how they want to unify the tag titles um, because it looks like WWE is just trying to go strictly single titles, even though you do have the NXT brand. In my personal opinion, I think Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baylor is going to mop the floor with these uh, newcomers from NXT on Friday Night SmackDown. Would you agree with that? They did give them a bit of a... Um... You know, good match. What was a, it? They, wasn't really a match. It was just they just started rumbling, and and yeah, the NXT girls did hold their own. I, I'll give them that for sure. Yeah, it was it was it was really good to see them. You know, like you said, hold their own rather than just get squashed again. You know, build up that division. That division really needs, you know, a lot of work and stuff like that. And with them at least working with them. It was it was it was really good to see that. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, and then our next qualifying match was a women's match. It was Meechin versus Bailey for damage control. And right off the gate, I mean, Bailey is a veteran. Uh, she's been in the game for a while. Meechin still trying to find her place. I mean, if anybody thought Meechin uh stood a chance against Bailey, uh hindsight is 2020. You know, EO did do a distraction, but at the same time. Did you have any doubt that Bailey was not going to qualify for money in the bank? No doubt. Yeah. So well, Bailey gets the win. And then something that shocked me because I did have to watch Friday Night SmackDown uh, a little uh, later on Friday, but you gave me a spoiler, which I wasn't pretty happy about. <laughs> but go ahead. Tell me who came back. Miss. Charlotte Flair. Woo! She was back. The queen is back, and she made her presence known. And she said she wanted um, a shot of title because prior to her coming out, uh, Adam Pierce, which I thought was awkward. Well, not really awkward, but just um, Triple H has been giving new titles out. They gave Asuka a new title. And basically, it looks like the undisputed title, but the women's version with white. And Charlotte came out and says, "I want that title." And the and the line starts with her because she made the line, which everything Charlotte says is the truth. It's like gospel. Like you gotta take it because she is the greatest wrestler of all time, um, and nobody can um, hold a candle to her. She's that phenomenal. Slow down there. Slow down there. Well, what, are you disagreeing with me that Charlotte is not the best? I mean, in a point as far as the women's division has come a long way to where now they have belts. So you're comparing you. I already know you are going to compare her title reign to where, like, let's say Luna Vachon and other people that didn't have a belt to, you know, represent, but that were doing work, you know, China, uh, that was really, you know, putting in work 
for that stuff. And she, um, I just feel that, you know, there's there's other women. She's not the best. She I, she I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no disrespect. I mean, China, you know, they call it the A Wonder World for a reason. Luna Vashon, a great uh, manager, wrestler. But you cannot say the two names that you just mentioned have the charisma, have the athletic ability, and a 14-time women's champion. And that builds back for them. But China did win the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, a dude's belt. So, I mean, that is something that she hasn't done. So, if you want to put that one belt to her 14, I would say, hey, man, that sounds right about right. Oh, this guy, this guy. But needless to say, the queen is back, and she's ready to take her throne. Uh, we had another qualifying match with um, Baron Corbin and Butch. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, I really wish they would change uh, Butch back to his old name, uh, Pete Dunn. But they're just rolling with this. I mean, WWE does that sometimes when they call the, the wrestlers from NXT up. They do give them a name change or something like that. Uh, I do like that he um, won this match against Baron Corbin because he can do a lot in the ring and he's a technical wrestler. So kudos to Butch for uh, qualifying for Money in the Bank. Yeah, good job, Butch. And then we had another qualifying match with one of my favorite um, WWE superstars, EO Sky, uh, made quick work of Shotzi, uh, courtesy of the help of Bailey, but EO did not see that. And you can see there's a little tension between EO and Bailey. Um, I don't know if Bailey's gonna turn on EO and that's in a damage control um since Bailey really doesn't play second fiddle to anybody, like she is the leader of damage control. So maybe dissensions in the ranks uh with uh EO and Bailey, because uh now they both qualify for the money in the bank and their own can be one winner that match are you foreshadowing a uh event during money in the bank <laughs> i mean it, i mean it's just like the rumble every every man or every woman for themselves so then yep. um to end this smackdown before we jump into something else is um we uh get a um jay uso um still not getting paul Heyman any questions paul Heyman's like man you're cliffhanger you're really smart and basically jay goes if i'm in the bloodline og you're out which he did not like that so we get to our main event of jay uso versus the now austin theory and this match was pretty good i mean i give jay credit because um you know they call him main event jay for a reason i mean he's been very successful in singles matches and um what did you like about this match before we tell what happens at the end? Well, fanboy, I like uh, Theory can now, you know, hold his own. I believe what rumor was that he was uh, Vince McMahon's, you know, new new dude, and everyone kept giving him a pass for it. Uh, but he's been able to hold his own, and he did really good in that match. What's so, what's so great about Austin Theory is that some people forget he's only 25. And um, yeah, you know, when uh 
Vince had left the cup for a while. You know, people thought his push was going to stop, but he worked through it. And Austin Theory, like he's been saying you know, for the past couple of weeks, that he beat John Cena at WrestleMania. The man's not telling a lie. And John Cena, in the words of JBL, is the greatest uh, WWE performer to him. But to other people, everybody would say he'd be the Undertaker, which I would uh, agree with that. But that John Cena um, is one of the greats. So, you know, we get to the end of the match. And um, these guys that uh, came because um, it looked like Austin Theory was having a little trouble and pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Um, I'm, they're growing on me, man. I'm just like, uh, they are funny. And it looks like they have an alliance with Austin Theory. So they come in that ring and they jump uh, Jay while the ref is down. And then you see Jimmy come in and Jimmy comes in and start uh, giving some super kicks uh, to pretty deadly. And then it looks like uh, he's about to get Austin Theory, and Austin Theory ducks. And Jimmy just smacks Jay right in the face with the super kick. And Austin Theory throws Jimmy out and uh, goes on to pin Jay Uso and beat him for the one, two, three. What did you think of that sequence with Pretty Deadly coming out and then Jimmy trying to come save his younger brother? I was like, gosh darn it. WWE's doing this again, prolonging the feud, prolonging everything. Like, come on, I just wanted to see them together battle, battle the like let's let's go take out Roman Reigns and stuff. And for them to do this, I was like, oh my goodness, no. Uh and um I just could not believe it. Oh, I did I was left mention that Solo came in the ring as well, too, and Jimmy kicked him. So then after the match was over, uh, Jay is just mad. He's looking at Paul Heyman and Solo. He's looking at Jay, and he pushes Jay. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kick you. And, he, and you know, we leave SmackDown without an answer. Is he going to stay, fall in line, and join the bloodlines and go with his brother? And that's the way it ended. So according to yeah. everybody, like, he has to make his decision next week because the tribal chief is going to be on SmackDown. And I guess that's what you're talking about, how they're prolonging it another week, which you're just like, come on, you told us you were going to give us an answer tonight and they did not Well, it wasn't, it wasn't so much, not the answer for me. It was more of the way that it ended out. Um, as far as his brother getting him kicking his, uh, him super kicking his brother. And it's just like, Oh, you know, Dang it! Why did it happen to be like that? Right. For and sure. but at the very end, at the end of the day, Paul Heyman didn't get his answer, so I was kind of like a little bit of a a, a plus one for me because I, I thought I still thought that was funny. He didn't give Paul Heyman the answer. Yeah. The answer still. Yeah. So moving on to uh, Monday Night Raw, and let's let's get that beef off your chest. How they started raw. You told me off air that you weren't happy about something. What weren't you happy about, little Chris? I was not happy with the way the belt they re they gave Rhea Ripley the new belt. Championship. Nothing. It just looked like paper, uh, copy and paste. 
Well, it looked like it, the, it, it looked like the world title that Seth freaking Rollins has, but all women's version with white um, leather backing to identify it as the women's championship belt. Huh? I said it looked like Seth Rollins' championship. That's basically what you're saying, correct? Yeah, it just it just looked like it didn't have anything, you know, significance for the women part on it. It didn't. It just wasn't like a wow factor for me. It just seemed kind of silly. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so Adam Pierce came out and basically uh, Rhea Ripley gave him uh, the SmackDown title and she gave him the new championship. And then uh, Dom Dom comes running out all happy and everything. <laughs> and then Cody Rose comes out and, you know, talking about yeah. some things. Yeah, they brought that back. Dominic and Rhodes had that feud prior, and for them to 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 keep to keep this going on was great because obviously, you know, Rhodes isn't gonna, you know, who who's who's Rhodes gonna go after now? So for him to get something in with Dominic seems to be pretty good. Looks to be like a good storyline to play out. Yeah, for sure. Because since uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, um, Cody had said he's hiatus, and looks like Dom's like you know. Trying to pick it up. I mean, he already smacked him in the face. And the reason uh, Cody was out there is because he had a prompt two match with the Miz, um, you know, after Rhea Ripley was giving her championship. So, and then um, we have our prompt two match to the Miz. You know, the Miz is a veteran um, with the company. And yeah, Cody's still looking great. So the match wasn't too long. Um, Right now, it just seems that Cody, um, no matter uh, other than the adversity he had with Brock Lesnar at the last Premier Live event, which you can still get ahead by losing. Other than that, Cody's not going to lose anytime soon. So he pretty much beats the Miz, gets the one, two, three. And then we've come to find out that uh, for Money in the Bank, we are going to have the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus... Judgment Day's uh, Dominic Mysterio. Yes. Can't wait for that one. Uh, what did you think about um, Big Time Bex, you know, coming out? You know, she uh, was talking trash to Zoe Stark, and then, of course, the Karens come out with Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, and, you know, Becky Lynch goes after Chelsea and they have a prompt two match, and I mean, I, I do like Chelsea. I mean, um, she she's pretty good, and she plays a great Karen. Um, so I don't know if you like that or not, but, you know, she's not a challenge for the man of the masses, uh, Becky Lynch. What did you think? No, nah, I'm not a big Chelsea Green fan. Uh, she could get a little bit more, more work in. The real Karen will always be uh, Mickey Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Sure on that. Um, and then um we have um so for some people that may have not listened or haven't watched Raw, um Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet that both qualified for money in the bank, you know, and Bronson Reed uh was not happy. So he gets a prompt two match because Bronson Reed lost to Ricochet a couple of weeks back. He gets a match uh with Ricochet and that Bronson Reed, that boy can move for a, a big big dude and 
I, I love I love this match. I mean, Ricochet flies all over. I I would I would bet to say, and someone may agree with me, or they may be like, "You're out of your mind." Uh, Ricochet song says one and only. Uh, I would probably say he's the modern day Rod Van Dam. Maybe, I mean, but the things that he does, um, I think he's great in the ring. But yeah, this, well, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, no. He gets up there. He does fly around like Rob uh, did. He can. I mean, he's not a star, at that star caliber as Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if Ricochet will be a Hall of Famer, but the the moves that he does and things like that. And this match was back and forth, back and forth. And then before they go to commercial break, you see Shinsuke come out, and you know he's just walking to the ring, and and Rick said, "What are you doing out here?" But you know he's just out there because the week prior, Bronson Reed um, interfered in the match uh, with Ricochet and Shinsuke, so they start going at it, and then before you know it, Shinsuke gets in the ring and he goes into business for himself and gets uh, Ricochet disqualified. Uh, making Bronson Reed the winner, and they both started attacking Bronson Reed on that. Did you did you uh, did you like how they uh, both double teamed on Bronson Reed? They had to. <laughs> yeah, but what did you think did. about that back back segment? Whenever Ricochet and Shinsuke were talking to each other, just trying to just get a get a head up. Well, basically, what They're... he said, you know, he told him like, "Hey, I didn't ask you to come out there." And you got in my business. He's like, next time, you know, I might do the same thing. And and it looks like we're probably gonna have a match between Bronson Reed and Shinsuke um, this next Monday night. Um, raw to see that. And, I, and if that's the case, then I think Ricochet is gonna come out and do the same thing on that. Another match we had that was pretty quick was um, the Viking Raiders against the. Uh, thank you. Alpha Academy and Maxine, she has been learning from the best. So, and this match was not even maybe four or five minutes, but um, yeah, the Bala, I think that is her name now. But used to be Logan or Sarah Logan. I apologize, but she tries to go after Maxine, and Maxine gives her like a little hip toss that she had learned from Chad Gable. You know, he does have a PhD. He tells everybody about that. And uh, <laughs> I do like the Alpha Academy. Um, and I do like that uh, Maxine is with them now and that um, Otis can still play his funny character. That, are you enjoying Maxine being part of the Alpha Academy? I thought it was Otis. Oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> some people may still say Otis. You might be right. <laughs> but yes, no, it, they're, they're a good... A uh, group of characters to cheer for. Uh, they have great chemistry. Um, and then, yeah, I like how at the thing they had said, you know, hey, Chad, train her. <laughs> and looks like she's taking the training. Yeah, for sure. And so, of course, like Alpha Academy gets the win. And, you know, that is that. And then we get. Um, Oh, before before the main event, we get um, Priest and um, Damien in the back. I mean, that's the same person. I apologize. Damien Priest and the Prince talking, and it looks like there's some 
conflict issues going on because he was talking to that guy I told you I don't think should be in the judgment day, J.D. Dunham or whatever that little short dude's name is. Again, I don't know. But um, do you, uh, do you recall his name? It's J J.D. something, right? Something like that. Yeah, but anyway, so, you know, um, and basically, you know, they go out and Seth Rollins comes to the ring and <laughs> comes out and tells him, hey, I got something to say my chest, you know, it's been seven years and the fans are just drowning them out with a, oh, oh, you know, just drowning them out and Finn is getting upset. And he's like, all right, let him talk. And basically he talked about how, you know, he was the first uh, undisputed champion, but he got injured and this and that. And basically he challenged him uh, for the title and, um, money in the bank so Seth accepted and he basically told Finn hey which Finn am I going to get am I going to get the Finn Balor that may have a chance or I'm going to get this one that's been moaning and you know crying for the last seven years if he comes he doesn't have a chance and of course Finn got mad and I mean I look forward to them fighting each other they, I, they've had great matches um, so are you looking forward to Finn versus Seth freaking Rollins uh yeah. Just maybe yeah. we get all painted up. Yeah, just yeah. Not yeah. really. Uh, Seth Rollins. He needs to just defend the belt. I guess if that's what they're gonna throw up next, he will. He is the most. Uh, or he said he's gonna be the most active champion. So. Yeah. Well, speaking so, of Seth, he did do an open challenge, and a Braun Breaker from NXT. Um, challenged him and Seth accepted it. So um, looks like Seth's going to defend against Ron Breaker at NXT, you know, down the road. So that hey, and just a real quick thing: hats off to Seth because apparently he's even defending the belt on you know house shows. So man, hats off to him. He is putting in the work for it. Well, he said he was going to be the work workhorse champion, and he said you know he's better than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns well, he isn't. Um, Defend that title that often. So our main event, which I was happy about because, you know, Kevin Owens, you know, he has a short temper and he goes crazy when he hears something he doesn't like. And basically, um, they're in the back and they were talking to Imperial minus House. Um, Sami Zayn calls him Baldy. Baldy's not there. He's injured. So then um, the ring general said, put your titles on the line against us. And then Sammy and K.O. were like, yeah. So we get a championship match uh, between the undisputed champions of K.O. and Sami Zayn against Imperial. And I've still been practicing on the ladies and gentlemen. I'm still practicing on that. Um, I just I just love what he said. Kaiser, he's just awesome. But yeah, this match was hard-hitting and there's a reason why Gunther is your uh, longest intercontinental champion in the modern day. I mean, that man can go. And um, I I was a little worried that uh, we were about to have new tag team champions um, in this match because I didn't know who was going to win. Um, I mean, what is your take on this main event match that we had from an in that role? Yeah, good back and forth uh, throughout the whole match. And, I mean, 
we've seen it. Who's who? Gunter's really just been, you know, dropping everybody and stuff like that. Uh, or not? He hasn't been dropping everybody, but he's been, you know, holding his own and taking care of people. Uh, throughout his reign, and it was like, wow, we're, we could see. It was legitimately, you know, you could see title switch, and it, it was that close. But uh, I'll go ahead and let you call the winners. Well, so we get about to prop temp match at the end, and um, it's going. And of course, I always know that the ring general. I mean, he's not going to get pinned. I mean, he's a champion, and you know, unfortunately. Um, for Imperial, Kaiser was not so lucky, you know, getting the Haluma kick, the Blue Thunder Bomb, and um, getting the L for Imperial. And our tag team champions, Undisputed Tag Team Champions, um, defended their title. And that's how we ended uh, SmackDown uh, for uh, last – I mean, I'm sorry, Monday Night Raw. Uh, for this past uh, Monday, since today is Saturday, and yeah, no, I think it was a pretty good Raw. You know, you got people still complaining that Raw's too long, three hours, two should go back to two, but I think three hours gives uh, a talent enough time and to keep telling storylines and you know introducing new characters, like you know whether it's on SmackDown or Raw, but. Um, I'm good with the three hours. Um, I enjoyed uh, Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, did you? Yes, I did. It was very good. It was uh, three and a half out of five stars. I did like the Cody Rhodes beating Miz with a Dominic story. Line keep going. Didn't like the belt, though, but, you know, Championship. 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 The strap. There you go, the strap, the title. But yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I mean, not every Monday night's going to be a home run, but uh, you know, I think it was good. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do, little Chris. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about this past Friday night SmackDown and talk a little bit about, uh, of course, everybody heard about passing of uh, Iron Sheik, yeah, Jabroni, um, and go from there. So we will be back in a few. And we're back uh, on Bros of Discussion. And as many already know, uh, the great Iron Sheik passed away on June 7th. He was 80 years old. And this man, uh, what a what a career, Hall of Fame career. Um, this, this man was part of, uh, pop culture as far as staying relevant, just like Ric Flair, uh, Lil Chris, any thoughts on the Iron Sheik, um, what you liked about him or didn't, or did he rub you the wrong way as far as like uh, how good he was doing his character, but we didn't know that wrestling was, um, stage, um, or predetermined. Okay, babe. <laughs> The death of kayfabe, uh, if you want to call it. I absolutely, uh, absolutely adore the Iron Sheep. He was a great, colorful, and uh, animated 
gentleman. I enjoyed his matches early on. And the dude had some serious freaking talent and strength uh, for for him. I mean, uh, reading up about him, uh, was was the Shiite uh, bodyguard or was 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 one of the bodyguards to the main guy over there and one one of the biggest guys out there and he was he was a legend dude dude uh held his own was offered so much money to apparently break Hulk Hogan's leg during the WrestleMania event which he didn't. And you know, imagine if something like imagine if he did, what would have happened? He he really was, you know, at the start of when wrestling really took off, and was there until I got like the cafe part, till whenever he was arrested with Hacksaw Jim Duggan on you know, and they at that point they were supposed to be having a feud. And then they get arrested together. Yeah, they were in the same vehicle. The thing about the Iron Sheik is that um, he was actually a genuine athlete, you know, for his country. And and then he uh, got into professional wrestling where he had to learn how to do things. And he might have been a little stiff at first because he's an actual amateur wrestler to Olympic wrestler. And now you got to tell me, I got to hold my punches. I, I can't really do this and that. And... Yeah, it was just amazing. The Iron Sheik, I mean, of course, The Rock, you know, um, took a line from him, Jabroni. I mean, for the longest time, I thought that The Rock made that up, but it was actually The Iron Sheik. Oh. And, um, you know, The Iron Sheik, um, like you said, yeah, Sheiky baby, like uh, Jimmy Hart would say, Sheiky baby. And, um, yes, he was very colorful on his uh, social media pages. And he spoke his mind, and in my personal opinion, I think uh, he was like, "I'm offend everybody. I'm going to be equal opportunist to everybody." But you also got to think about when he was doing the Iron Sheet character. He was doing it in a time where America was at war with Iran, and but like they said back then, people didn't know between uh, reality and fiction, and you know. People wanted to really fight him and uh, harm to him and death threats because he played his character so well that you hated him because he would say things about America and that would just get any uh, blue collar American hot under the collar and be like, I'm going to bust this dude. But if you did, uh, you better be ready because Sheiky, he was, he was big and strong. And from what I've heard, is that he was also ultra nice uh, if you were to ever run up on him out in the world that he would take pictures. He was extremely friendly, you know, totally approachable. Uh, Sometimes he would be, you know, a little bit inebriated, but he would still, you know, shake your hand and uh, give you a picture or whatever if you wanted one, which, you know, nowadays it's really tough to because you just want to give people their space but he was one of the ones where you could really just hang out with and say hi to 
Yeah, for sure. And if you haven't, I don't know if you have, but I know I've seen it. But the A and E on the Iron Sheik, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal piece of art. Uh, definitely see that. But the thing is, like you do say, I think it's a little different because back then in the '80s and things like that, I mean, fans, yes, they they want to see them, the larger life characters, and see them. But now you have these people that actually stalk or like all oh, these. WWE professional athletes are going to be there and they're there for them to try to make them sign as many things. And then they try to sell it instead of being a fan because they're trying to make money off them where back then with Sheik and, you know, Hulkster and Hulk maniacs, like they'd be happy to see him get an autograph. And that was for them. They were excited. They weren't trying to profit of it. Like some of these uh, people that wait for them at uh, airlines because they just want to, I guess, um, uh, take advantage of them. And sometimes the WWE superstars, like I'll sign one, I'm not signing all of them because they know what they're trying to do and trying to up this value to true fans that want these merchandise. And they're, they'll say, well, you got to give me 500 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff is around. Sucks. Ruins yeah. it for Yeah, but definitely um, for the true WWE fans, uh, I believe the WWE wrestlers um will take the time even if they're tired to take a picture real quick or sign something real quick unless your name is sasha banks but we don't want to go there because i'm not a sasha banks fan so moving on uh to smackdown so we get smackdown and right as soon as smackdown starts you have kaylee uh, braxton she's waiting in the in the parking lot and of course suv comes out or comes into the arena and who is it course it's the tribal chief with solo sokoa and paul Heyman, and she's trying to get a word and roman just looks at her and just shakes his head and walks off paul Heyman scolds her and she doesn't get an answer so we have to wait and we also get a you know a match to determine the new uh tag team um number one contenders you have a gauntlet match you have the street profits you have hit row you have um, the Brawling Brutes, you have the OC, you have the LWO, and you have Pretty Deadly. Like I said before, yes, boy. Uh, so, yeah, so it starts off with um, the Street Profits uh, and the Brawling Brutes. And I don't know if you agree with me. The Street Profits, I still like them, but I don't think uh, they deserve a title shot. They've been in the title picture of in my opinion, way too long. Like back of the line. Um, wh- what do you think? Are, do you agree with me on the Street Profits? Uh, continue getting uh, uh, opportunities to try to get a title, a tag team title shot. Yeah, I do. I the the, the right team won on that one. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm I'm talking about Street Profits. Are you good with them being in this gauntlet match? Oh, I mean, you have to fill. Yeah, you need some filler. <laughs> Someone's gonna lose, but. They, you know, you really like who are you gonna th- who else are you gonna throw in there? That that is true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so we go in there. Uh, Ford escapes a suplex, um, and lands a chop. Shaman shrugs it off and lands a slam. And um, it was uh, oh, give me his name, uh, Angelo Dawkins. Thank you, Angelo Dawkins. Uh, gets a a bro kick and um, he gets pinned by. Rich Holland. So 
the Street Profits are the first team eliminated. And you have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens watching in the in the back of the arena on a big TV. Uh, so then they're eliminated. <laughs> well, then the OC jumps in next. And, you know, they are just hitting hard. The OC and the Brawling Brutes are just hitting each other hard. Um, I do like um, the OC back in the, the tag. I mean, they're a decent tag team. I still don't think they're over with the fans, even though they've been in WWE, you know, for a minute. Um, of course, the Brawling Boots are more fan favorite, in my opinion. I like the OC oh, when yeah. they're heel. Uh, do you like them when they're here? Do you like how they're just good guys with AJ Styles? No, I like them more heel. Uh, they're they're a good team to hate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They so, are. They have. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you were saying they have what? Uh, they have great promos whenever they're heels. They can, you know, they have good mic skills. And yeah, they're 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 easier to cheer against than cheer for. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty quick. I mean, you know, after Anderson uh had an assistant net breaker on Sheamus, Sheamus kicks out and and Sheamus surprised uh Gallows with the bro kick and bam, one, two, three, they're out. So now you have the brawling brutes already taken out um the Street Profits, and now they just eliminate the OC. Well, then next is Viva La Raza, the LWO. And no disrespect to these young kids, but them in the LWO, I, yeah. I, think, I think you probably could have put Humberto and Angel Garza better in the LWO. I mean, at least they, they got some um, good um, ring of things. I mean, don't get me wrong, Del Toro, I mean, he was okay, but I think Angel Garza and Humberto, which are now on NXT, looks a lot better on paper representing the LWO. Uh, what is your take on uh, Del Toro and and Wilder? Uh, yeah, same same boat with you. I really don't. I really don't feel that they were the right uh, representatives. For my Latino raza. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the old LWO, and then we're not trying to go down memory lane, I mean, but I, I believe Psychosis was in it. Um, who else was in it? Uh, Super Crazy. Um, and I'm trying to think, but, yeah. Bunch so, of high, bunch of, uh, high flyers, a bunch of um, sheesh, uh, cruiserweights is what it yes, was. Yes, yes. So, I mean, of course, LWO, um, they, they both um, do a suicide uh, dive on um, Sheamus and Rich Holland. And, you know, then they throw him back in the ring. And Sheamus catches him um, with a bicycle kick. Holland lands a, a version of the Stormbreaker uh, for the pin. And the LWO is eliminated fairly quick. And now you're thinking, like, man, um the brawling brutes are just running this gauntlet. And of course, uh, the next team that I think uh will probably have future endeavors uh pretty soon is Hit Row. Um, I do like Adonis. Um, I think he's better than um um uh, top dollar. Um, uh, just because when top dollar uh messed up that suicide dive a long time ago and never got over it. But uh, Adonis has a really, really good look. I just think if you uh, teamed them up with somebody other than um, Top Dollar, 
he could be somebody that could do something um in a singles run but uh they 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 don't have any respect for hit row because he gets right in the ring and bro kicked one two three immediately i think they were in the ring maybe eight seconds i i mean i mean you saw that as well that that hit row is just uh, they just get him in the ring let's get him out i mean some people say that's disrespectful but are you okay with hit row being in the match for about 10 seconds yeah, I'm all right with it. I mean, it's a gauntlet match, so you know you don't you don't want to have each match being fifteen five minutes. There had to be one match where it was a squash quit. Yeah, for and sure. And they did it. Sheamus with that huge broke it. The mm-hmm. way he ended the ring, it was lights out, baby. One, two, three. And so Damn. now you have the brawling brutes. Uh, running the gauntlet, and there's only one team left, and that's pretty deadly. And I, I think the funniest thing about this match is when uh, Wilson and Prince are, you know, working on Holland, uh, Sheamus managed to get a tag, and then he gets uh, both of them outside and, and does the, the, the t- 10 beats. But, um, you know, he's just going one, the crowd's going two, three, four, five, six, ten, and then... Um, I think it was Wilson that fell off first because he was uh, the front guy. And then he does another, I think he did a total of 30. And uh, the crowd is just going wild. And all I could think about, because the ref is just looking at him, you have a four count. How is Sheamus getting 30 uh, beats of the drum to two people without getting disqualified? (laughs) Maybe the ref started counting the other way. (laughs) Uh, He had to do something because, I mean, you, you can see the reviews are like, come on, Seamus, come on, we got to go. And um, what happens is after he does that, um, uh, Wilson, um, our Prince tags Wilson, and, and Seamus doesn't see that. And uh, so he, he gives him a slam, and then uh, Prince um, does a leg drop on the back of Seamus' head, and he pins him. And your new number one contenders is pretty Deadly. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked on that, but Sheamus was in there for a long time. They were both in there for a while, so it was kind of like, all right. But I really did not see that ending, ending like that. I know it was. Uh, it, yeah. it, it surprised me because, um, pretty deadly hasn't been on SmackDown. What just, just uh, what about maybe two weeks, three weeks tops. And they're already the number one contenders for the undisputed tag team championships. Getting that push. Yeah, I mean that, but that's great because it just you know new new uh, tag teams, new blood, um, giving uh, these people that uh, got drafted like, hey, here's the ball. What are you gonna do with it? So it is uh, refreshing to see that a new tag team is going to get an opportunity at the undisputed titles. And what did you think about the the uh, segment after that when Pretty Deadly's in the ring and Kevin Owens and Zayn come out and they were just with their accents, it, it's just it's just so funny. And we'll be in here more and more, and more you know, just I don't know. But yeah. they're, they're growing up. So I was just like, yeah, but um, it's I think it's gonna be a good match uh for them, but I, I don't I don't see uh pretty deadly um 
being victorious whenever this match does happen. Do you? Do you see them uh, beating the tag champions on their first try? The way that they are clowning around, I would. I'd. I'd bet ten bucks. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, little Chris bet ten bucks that Pretty Daddy is going to be a new tag team champions. That's going to be KO and Sami Zayn when they get their title opportunity down the road. So next, uh, we go to a segment where you have the wise man, the tribal chief of Solo in the back. And, um, you know, he's talking to Paul Heyman. And basically, he's like, have you talked to Jay? And he's like, no, my tribal chief. And basically, he's like, it's not a question. I'm telling you, go talk to Jay. <laughs> Paul Heyman runs out of the locker room to go talk to Jay because um, the tribal chief uh, is not having it. So then we get a match with your girl, Zelina Vega versus Eo Sky, which, like I said, Eo is one of my favorites with Bailey. Um, I like how they're giving uh, Selena Vega a little bit of push. I mean, you know, she's not going to win a title anytime soon, but if she's getting more TV time. Um, and, of course, like I said, EO is always phenomenal in this ring. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, this match was going, um, you know, EO's way. You know, EO's, you know, just striking her. Uh but then uh, a drop kick by Vega um, to try to uh, slow down EO. And then um, Sky stomps on her arm and locks her in a straight jacket choke on the top rope, which um, EO is the better wrestler out of both of them. And um, are, are you digging uh, Selena getting um, more uh, TV time uh, on SmackDown? Yeah, she's getting, she's getting something, and she, you want me to say it? She got the win. She did, but she got that win because Bailey got on top of the apron, and Eo's like, "What are you doing, Bailey? What are you doing?" And um, Selena Vega rolls her up for the one, two, three, and and Eo and Bailey start talking to each other, and like I mentioned before, there is a little dissension between the two, and. Yeah, he- uh, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen as far as um, if EO will turn on her or Bailey turn on her or what's going to happen. But, yes, you are correct. Selena Vega is your winner. And then we go backstage, and Bianca Belair is not happy because prior to Charlotte coming back, Adam Pierce told her last week that she would get a title match. And yep. Charlotte came out. Charlotte challenged Oscar, and Oscar said, I accept so Bianca was mad and said, Adam, have you fixed this? He's like, um, not right now. Um, and then basically she's like, well, then I'm going to go do things my way. And we go to commercial. And then we come back, uh, EO Sky and Bailey are talking to each other in the back. And then Shotzi comes out and says, yeah, you know, if it wasn't for you, I'd be in the money in the bank. And then Bailey's like, uh, well, put your... She tells Bailey, put your um, spot on the line. And Bailey laughs. And EO goes, she accepts. So Bailey just looks at EO because EO just say, hey, I'm just trying to help. So uh, <laughs> now we have a match next week for Bailey's um, spot and money in the bank. So 
I'm thinking that um Eo's gonna cost Bailey her spot in the in that match. Uh could you see Bailey losing that and, and Shotzi um taking her spot, or do you think Bailey's gonna get the win no matter what next week? No, you're definitely right. I could see that happening. That there, there's cracks. There. I mean, if I was EO, I'd be like, Yeah, you know, get get Bailey out of this match. It gives her better shots of win. Yeah, for sure. And so then the anticipated Grayson Waller effect show with the queen uh, comes out next. And uh, Grayson Waller, I mean, you can see his excitement. He don't know how to act around the queen. I mean, I don't know who would know how to act around the queen because she is so amazing. Uh, she's so great, regal. I mean, it's just to be in the presence of the queen, I'm sure it's very intimidating. Woo! So they start talking about their fight with Asuka, and, you know, Miss EST comes out there, and then Charlie gets up, and they start talking, and she's like, she's like, what do you, you come back, and you get a title shot, I didn't even get a rematch, and then Charlie was like, hey, did I get a rematch from um, Rhea Ripley? And then Bianca's like, well, no, because you ran away, and she told her, I didn't run away, I might have been uh, out somewhere, but I didn't run away, and I'm back, and I'm a champion with that title or without. And then she's like, Bianca, are you a champion without it? And it's like, oh, man, are we about to go to blows? <laughs> and um, basically, um, um, Bianca was just like, I'm going to be a ringside for y'all's title match, um, and she wants the winner because uh, she's like, I'm done being patient. I'm done playing with y'all. So – what did you think about that promo at Grayson uh, Waller effect show between Charlotte and the AST? Great. Was right there waiting for the blows along with you. Thought that it would come to it. But wouldn't but they... this be the perfect time to turn uh, Bianca Belair heel? She would not. She'd have to lose. I mean, yeah, it would be. They Everybody turns heel sometime. Yeah, because she's been she's been a good guy for a while, and the way you can play it is how she said, like Charlotte came, and how Charlotte says the line starts with her. She made the line um, that she could just be like, "It's unfair," and like how she talked about, "I'm taking uh, matters in my own hands," and where she just becomes a heel, and and basically, you know how they always do is like, "You fans are supposed to be with me, but y'all don't have my back." Y'all, y'all cheer Charlotte when she came, do something like that. Or do they just keep her face just because, um, you know, it's good for her right now to be faced? Because we don't know exactly is Charlotte a heel or Charlotte a face. She hasn't really determined on what she is because Oscar's a heel and she's facing Charlotte. So in that aspect, it is kind of showing that Charlotte could potentially be a face. But you and I both know, and I think other fans would agree, Charlotte's way better as a heel than a face. Yes, she is. But I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no wrong thing with having two heels. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and so then we get uh to um Paul Heyman talking to Jay Uso again, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we need an answer and this and that." And Jay Uso says the same thing, like, "Hey, if I'm in the bloodline, you're out, you're right. Paul Heyman." 
And Paul Heyman still does not like that answer. So, um, yeah, they're just anticipating uh, them going out. Um, then we had a match. Um, I thought it was fairly quick, but we had uh, Meechin and AJ Styles versus Karrion Cross and Scarlett. And I didn't see Scarlett wrestle ever. Uh, she did okay, in my opinion. I mean, she wasn't that great, but she's more of a manager. But, I mean, she did all right. I mean, uh, this match started off a little quick. You know, AJ Styles doing his, like, uh, Fist of Fury, three to the top, one to the bottom of the leg kick. And, you know, and but it, it was a mixed tag. So as soon as you tagged in the women, they had to get in the ring. You had to come out. But Misha did some moves on Karrion Cross. Um, that were decent. Um, and I think they just put this match together. There's really not a storyline between AJ Styles and Karrion Cross. Um, could I have done without it? Probably. Did you did you think the match was okay? Did did you care for the match? Uh if I really wanted to have the winner, I'm glad that Karrion Cross and Scarlet won. But I really did not care for this. Yeah, because like where does it go? I mean, they beat him. I mean, do you feud with them or not? Or is he moving on? So, I mean, yeah, I was surprised that they gave Karen Cross the win. I mean, with AJ already losing, uh, you know, to the uh, Seth Freaker Rollins for the world championship, I figured they would just start getting them back on a, a winning uh, track. But they may be doing something different. Um, could they make the OC, like we said, heel? Possibly. I don't know. But, yeah, you are correct. Karen Cross and Scarlett win. And then, so Roman, uh, Paul Heyman goes back and just shakes his head about uh, Jay. And so then Roman's just like, okay. And they just, you know, looks like they get ready to go to the ring. And then um, Rey Mysterio comes out and he talks about he's proud about mi gente, mi raza, and introduces uh, uh, Santos Escobar. And I mean, he's okay. Um, and he has a, a match with L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that is my pick to win the Money in the Bank. Uh, I know I'm giving it out early, but, uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. Just because um, he goes into the ring and looks at Ray and pushes him down. And then Escobar gets mad and, and drives a drop kick and he gets out the ring. And they're like, we'll be back for a match. And, um, yeah, do you like L.A. Knight? Are you a fan of L.A. Knight? He's... He's a character. He's funny. He almost got six one nine. Yeah. So they come back from break, and you know we have this match, and um, the um, no, no, no. Before that, I do apologize. They talk to um, Cameron Grimes all the way to the moon, and um, you know he uh, gets jumped by Baron Corbin, so it looks like they're gonna fight next week, and then we get our match with L.A. Knight and Escobar. You know. Um, Knight rolls up Escobar and tries to hook the rope for a cheating three count, but Escobar kicks his hand off the rope and reverses it, and Escobar gets the win, which I'm like, what the heck? But that just ticks off LA Knight, and he just beats beats him after the match and and gets out of the ring before Rey Mysterio comes in, and he's like, hey, I'm out. So uh, then we get to the segment. Where is Jey Uso going to go? Is he going to fall in line and be with the bloodline or is he going to go with his brother? And they drug it out. And, you know, Roman Reigns is talking to him like, hey, hey, I brought you to a promised land. Uh, 
And, um, you know, means uh, you got to keep us there. He's like, you will be the next tribal chief. Um, you know, when time's right, he goes, but I've been grooming you for three years. You're my right-hand man, um, you know, but you're not ready to lead. And he goes, the problem isn't the wise man. He goes, that's my wise man. That's not your wise man, whatever. Um, your problem is with your brother. So then Jay comes out and they start talking. And um, he's like, that that's our cousin. He, he, he's like, I'm your brother, this and that. And then um, they're like, wise man, should we tell him? And basically they're like, tell him. He's like, who's the person that had a problem with you being the right-hand man? And all of them, the Roman, Paul Heyman says, it was Jimmy. And then Jay goes, is that true? And he's like, yes. And then Jay just looks all mad and everything. And he's like, dude, it was always, always looking up to his big brother, Jay, trying to keep up with them, you know, all state, football star, whatever. And you're just trying to drag me down. And the only person that's made me in the main event and everything is our cousin, the tribal chief. So basically he tells his brother, he goes, no, you're out of the bloodline. And then so am I. And he just super kicks Roman Reigns. Like, did your mouth just drop when that happened? What did you think? No, my fist went in the air. Yes. I was yeah. happy. That was great. The fans went crazy. And then you see Solo looking and Solo tries to attack Jay. And then Jimmy kicks him. And then you see Roman. I was like, what are you doing? You need me. And Jimmy and Jay just look at both each other, and then they super kick them together. And yeah. like the bloodline is no more. I mean, it was a crazy night. Hey, as a as a father of twins, I can say there's no stronger bloodline than that bloodline with twins. Yeah, and and, and what's already been um, sent by WWE is since Money in the Bank is is coming out. Uh, they already have a little picture, and it is uh, it's basically it says Bloodline Civil War, Roman Solo versus the Usa, Money in the Bank. I'm like, wow, for DNA. I mean, it was a good SmackDown. I mean, the Bloodline's been running for three years. I mean, it was it was a good storyline, but now they can't even go even longer. Usos versus that. And does down the road, does Solo finally join his brother and be like, dang, Roman's just using me? I don't know. But this was a good start to either end it or, you know, just needed something fresh instead of them, them just dominating everybody. Or this is, this is good to see. This was very good. Yeah, for sure. Challenged. Yeah, well, for sure. So basically, yeah, we're, we're getting closer to – to uh, money in the bank but um before we get off uh since we were pressed for time um it was announced that logan paul is going to be a monday night raw and i mean that's great to see he hasn't been there since uh um his last loss and just see what he's been up to um more continue with uh jimmy the usos versus roman uh, solo um Braun Breaker, you know, getting this title match against Seth freaking Rollins. I mean, it, it, we're just getting closer and closer to more good stuff. Um, you excited about uh, this coming week? Tomorrow's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Even you, little Chris. Hey, happy Father's Day, fanboy. That's it. Uh, big Kev out there. I know he's listening. I know he misses uh, being on the show, but 
Uh, maybe next week or the week after. I don't know. So we'll have to see. But anything else you want to say um, before we get off uh, for episode 39? Uh, no, man. Just thank you for having me on. That's it? Yeah, that's about it, man. Thank you. Nothing about Jay Moon. You good with that? Uh, Reminence Vintage on Instagram. If you guys want any kind of vintage uh, wrestling items, hit them up. And that's all I got, man. All right. So, I mean, uh, thanks, uh, little Chris, for coming on again um, to discuss uh, WWE on this podcast. So, for little Chris and Fanboy Dave, this is episode 39. See ya!